0: Y'all have picked a great day to be in the house of God, because I'm really fired up about a lot of messages I feel like the Lord has given me. Did y'all know now that Thanksgiving's over, uh, we are officially into Christmas season? That was kind of quiet. Is everybody uh, good with that? Yeah. Are you good with the Christmas season being upon us? Right? Because uh, it's coming whether you're ready or not, right? Christmas is here, and so I hope that you're ready. Uh, and Christmas is the greatest time of year. Did you know that? And it's the time of the year for the church to truly shine and show the world who Jesus really, somebody say really, really really is. Right? And so I hope you're excited for Christmas, and I feel like the Lord gave me this message for us today, for us to have the best Christmas that you ever had in your whole life. Because as I asked if you're ready for Christmas, there was some hesitancy, I feel like. And as your pastor, I want to tell you, the Holy Spirit speaks to me and see what has happened is in the world, Christmas ain't about Jesus no more. Christmas is about gifts, getting gifts, giving gifts, parties and food and the new gadgets and gizmos. And hey, I'm not. I'm not going to stand here and bash all that stuff. Have good family traditions. Do those things. Spend time with your family. But what I want to tell you is, if you do all those things for the sake of doing all those things, and those things you're not doing rooted in the love of Christ, you're going to feel empty this Christmas. Mm, that's right. And so I want to give you the secret to you having the best Christmas of your life. Does that sound good to anybody? Yes. Tell your neighbor, say, Shh, the pastor's about to tell us the secret. Tell them, y'all sound good. Amen. I'm about to tell you that secret. Amen. Let's look at that first point today. The, The title of our message today is The Greatest Gift. And as Christmas is about giving and receiving of gifts, I want you to know that the greatest gift that there ever was given, His name is Jesus Christ. And I know a lot of you know that, but I want to expound on that thought and that idea today. Okay, so that secret I want to give you today for you to stick in your pocket and don't just leave it there, use it. Amen. So this is the secret. Every year, the entire world at Christmas time celebrates by the what? Giving and receiving of presents. On the very first Christmas, God celebrated by the giving the world the greatest gift, His presence. If you focus your Christmas on the giving and receiving of presents and don't focus Christmas on celebrating what God has done by giving His presents, you're going to be empty. Amen. God's all about gifts too, but the greatest gift is the presence of God wrapped in the Spirit of God and wrapped in the life and the legacy that Jesus Christ left us. And that's what's worth talking about. And you know what? That's what Christmas was about. That first night that God gave, right? And ever since then, it's been a celebration of that, and we have just been quick to forget. Even though the world doesn't recognize Jesus as King and Lord, people still shut down work. The entire world, most of the world, I wonder what percentage it is. Probably high 80s, maybe low 90s of the world observes Christmas. They're just doing it for all the wrong reasons. Right? So the secret to everything in your life this Christmas, if you want to have the best Christmas this year, and going forward every Christmas, is you don't need more presents. But you do need more of His presence. Somebody say His presence. You need his presence in your life on a daily basis. Don't just, don't just celebrate uh, uh, Jesus Christ on Christmas and forget about Him December 26th. Right? Or a week later. Or a year later. If you have seen God in a real way and have experienced God in a real way in your life, celebrate what He's doing and what He's done. Right, that's the point of Christmas, celebrating what God did by giving that greatest gift, right? On the very first Christmas. Let's go ahead and, and read that account in, in uh, Luke chapter 2, verses 6 through 14. I'm not going to read the entire Christmas story, but what we're going to pick up is where we find Mary and Joseph. Right? Uh, are y'all familiar with this passage of scripture? They're running from King Herod. They have to go and, and travel for a census that's being done. And on the way there, they they have to stop in Bethlehem and and Mary begins to go into labor, right? And so at verse 6, it says, while they were there, the time came for the baby, who's Jesus, to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. I want to stop there for a quick moment and preach to you. Is that Okay. The very world that God sent His Son to save didn't even have room for Him. Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Lord, the King, was born in a barn. A manger is a fancy word for barn. As I read that this week, that broke my heart. The very world that, that Jesus came to save didn't have room for Him. And God said, Ian, you do that same thing. I said, no, I don't. (laughs) Anybody ever done that? Then the Holy Spirit got onto me. He said, every time you you jam-pack your schedule, when you ignore my my voice, and you don't do what I ask, and you're not obedient, you don't make room for my life and your life. And if Christmas is about celebrating the greatest gift, which is his presence, the presence of God, then I want to make room. Anybody want to make room today? Make room this Christmas? Amen. That was for free. Let's pick up a verse 8. It says, And then there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby. Keeping watch over their flocks at night, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news. Somebody say good news if you're paying attention. That will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. He will give you this sign. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those whom his favor rests. Y'all, this is how God celebrated the first Christmas. He gave his best offering that he's ever gave, ever will give, that's ever to be. I've said this before, all that God is ever going to do for the salvation of your soul and for your joy and for your peace and for your happiness and for your patience and goodness and kindness, those things that you want to happen in your life, He's already done it. He's already done it. He's just waiting on, on children of God, believers, to accept that, believe that, receive that, and by faith, Get up. Somebody said, get up. And get up. Get up out of your past. Get up out of your out of your sin. Get up out of your addictions. Get up out of those things that you continue to set before God. And if you do that, God's presence comes and rests on your life. Amen. And with Christmas being awesome as it is, I said we jam-pack our schedules. We do all the the events, and we got to get with the in-laws, and we got to get presents for so-and-so, and I got to do this party and do this party. If you get sucked into that, to the way of the world does Christmas, y'all ever seen those guinea pigs, you know, that are like on that little uh, running thing? That is going to be you this Christmas. You're going to be that guinea just running, not getting anywhere. You're going to be empty. You're going to be dry. You're not going to be lifeless. You're not going to have joy. And, and, and the secret to you having an amazing life and Christmas is that you invite his presence into your life every single day. And it's as easy as saying, God, come into my life. God, you're welcome here. As we just read in Luke 2, God I make room for you. In my heart, in my mind, in my schedule, I make room for the King of Kings so that your presence can rest upon me. Right? Because when God rests his presence upon you, anybody ever experienced that? You're a hope you're experiencing that on a daily basis. It's not something that's just supposed to start and stop. Did you know that? You can walk in the fullness if you just let him lead you every day. Rob did such an amazing job of leading us in the worship. Y'all love the worship team? Y'all give him a hand if you do. And he just shared that quick little word for us this morning. You know, it's as simple as that next step. That's how you stay uh, engaged in his process and in his presence, by doing the, the next step. God, okay, I'm saying by faith, taking that first step. All right, where are we going now? Right? And sometimes you hear His voice clearly, and sometimes it can be kind of foggy, right? How do you you drown out the the white noise, so to speak? You got to be intentional. You got to be focused. You got to make him number one, right? Facebook is probably stealing all that devoted time that you want to give to Jesus, right? Like, it's so hard to make Jesus number one. No, it's really not. Right? You just got to gotta put the phone down. You got you to gotta open your Bible up. You got to find a good, still, quiet place, wherever that is in your house or in your car. You, you got to make room for the King of Kings. Make room for the presence of God. Because it's a free gift that he has forever gave. And we're so spoiled, y'all, we don't even know it. We are so spoiled on a daily basis that God can show up in a moment's time. All we got to do is just ask him. Look at that next point. So on that fateful night, on that very first Christmas Eve, right? God forever changed our lives and the world when He became flesh and dwelt among who? Men. When he became flesh, God Himself became flesh, put on a body like yours and like mine, and dwelt among creation dwelt among men heaven invaded earth the king of kings y'all he exchanged his crown for swaddling clothes and a stable just try to wrap your mind around that thought we're so we're so de to what god really did we're so spoiled we can't even see how blessed we really are you better believe on this first christmas think what happened to joseph and mary What was going on in their lives? A virgin conceiving the Messiah, the Son of God. Talk about some pressure! There was a celebration of what God did and what God was doing. God today wants us to revisit that, and it's not something like I said that's supposed we're supposed to turn on and turn off Sunday morning. Oh hallelujah, God, you're good. Thank you, Jesus. Monday morning, right, I'm cursing like a sailor, right, doing all the things that God just told me to lay down, and I'm doing them again. On that first Christmas, y'all, heaven came to earth. And because God became flesh, men and women and sons and daughters get to be called kings. Because God became flesh, children of God get to be called kings. Right, Because if our father's a king, that means one day I'm going to be king. That means one day you're going to be king or queen. Because I know who my father is. And he loved me so much that he would do that. The world that would reject him before he even opened his first breath, God still said yes. Every day you choose sin over Jesus, God still says yes. What does the Bible say where Jesus is right now for you and for me? He is seated at the, thank you, Rob, seated at the right hand right now of God, ever interceding, praying for you and for me, praying that we would be saved, praying that we would choose faith over fear, praying that we would say yes to Jesus when our alarm clocks go off at five, six, seven in the morning. He's fighting for you. He's already fought for you on the cross. And how good is God? All the things that Jesus did, he came and dwelt in a a fleshly body like yours and like mine. He went to the cross. First, he enacted signs, miracles, and wonders. He raised up 12. And from 12, look look at what happened, the message of Christ. He goes to the cross. And then now as he's ascended to heaven, what is he doing? He is still, somebody say still, fighting for you. Fighting for you to see truth fighting for you to say yes to God fighting for you to open up your bible and put your phone down fighting for you so that when that trumpet sounds you'll be there you'll be there and no sin no thing that you're you're putting between you and God is worth you losing your eternity 80 years, 70 years, whatever the average living rate for a human is in America today is not worth you losing your eternity. And this is the miracle of Christmas, that God would send a son, a savior, a messiah, a king of kings that would do those things for you and for me. That's worth than just more celebrating for one day a year. That's what we're celebrating every minute, every hour, every day. And I know we're human. And is that physically possible? I don't know. But who wants to try and do it with me? And to raise our kids up in truth? Right? Try to wrap your mind around what God really did for you on Christmas. I bet it will blow your mind if you give them five minutes and think about what God has done for you. All that God has done for you. All that grace and mercy that was over your life even when you were in sin. And His goodness. All right, look at John 1.14. What does it say? The Word became what? Flesh. Flesh. The Word who is Jesus became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory. The glory of the One, the only Son who came from the Father, from full of grace In truth, the Son of God became flesh, came from heaven to earth for us to, by faith, exchange our wickedness, our ways, sin, and literally take up his righteousness, be born again. The the payment for sin is death, but if you have the blood of Christ on your life, you're forgiven. That payment is, is paid in full because of what Jesus has done. right. Christ has dwelt among men. He physically dwelt among men, and then now he still dwells with men because before he ascended to heaven, do you remember what he told the disciples as they were hiding out? He said, it's imperative that I go. It's more important that I go because I'm going to send a, my spirit who is the helper. So Jesus dwelt among men physically, and then now today, the Christian church, the modern-day church, is still Christ is still dwelling with men through the spirit of God. How does God's presence rest on our lives by the spirit, the holy spirit of God? Look at Isaiah 7:14. If God has dwelt among men, if God is still dwelling with men through his presence. We call that if he's if he is with us. Right? Comes from this scripture, right? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. Isaiah is prophesying this. I believe it's about 700 years before Jesus came. He prophesied this, prayed this, and God, to the T, answered this prophetic prayer. Come on, somebody. He says, a virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. God's perfect. Did you know that? He don't mess up. He don't miss it. He's right on time. And when somebody by faith pursues his presence over his presence, I mean the presence of God over his gifts, he can use you. He used Isaiah to pray and write this down, to fulfill his word, to fulfill his promise. And what does Isaiah say he's going to be called? Emmanuel. Say that with me. Emmanuel, which means God with us. He dwelt physically among men and from now until he comes back and y'all know he's coming back, right? He is dwelling with men. Every day that the sun rises there's grace and mercy for anybody by faith to look and see and believe and accept that reality. Somebody say reality. Right? Because this ain't just a story. It's Reality, right? That leads me to my next point. Let's look at that next point on your outline today. So as Christians, if we really, somebody say really, really believe the Christmas story and accept it as reality, it should radically change our daily lives. And I ain't even lying to you. If we really believe this as real, does anybody believe this is real? Look at all those hands, Okay then it should radically change the way that we live. Right? If Jesus is truly Messiah, the Savior of the world, that's what that means. Messiah means Savior of the world. That means for us every day is Christmas. Right. Literally every day is Christmas for us. God's gift of presence is available to us 24-7, 365 until the end of eternity. If we really believe this, We're so spoiled that we got to talk ourselves back to to our knees and to the place we started. When I really needed God, you remember when you really needed God at the beginning and you cried out, God, I need you. I messed up. This is really bad. God, I need you. And what happened? He showed up, right? And he was your everything for a season, for a while. And then you began to pick some things up. Maybe you began to own some things that God actually did for you right? And so we need to revisit this place of desperation in our faith that God is everything. And when I do that, every day is as good as Christmas. Now, every day we ain't going to have Christmas trees in the house. We ain't going to have Christmas lights, right? We ain't going to have actual presents and gifts every single day, right? But every day I should radically live and look different, live and look and believe that God is doing something real and amazing in my life. Because he's that good. And that presence, that gift of his presence is available 24-7, 365, until he comes back. Right? Every day we have that opportunity. If the reality of Christ is real, that reality must impact our lives. That reality must impact Your life. How do I know if you are really running, chasing after God? Because you're probably impacting others for His glory. Because you've been impacted. Because you've seen the blessing of God. Because you've experienced the favor of God. You want every single person that you know to know that. Right? That ain't something you shy away from. That ain't something that you tuck in a a dark corner Keep it a secret. No, that's something that you, you put in the center of the room. Remember what Jesus said? He put the, the point of the lamp is to put it in the center of the room for everyone to see. And if we're the glory of God because of what Jesus has done, if I'm born again and he's done some amazing things in my life, y'all, we need to share that. And that's the best part for the church at Christmas time. This is the year, this is the time of year we get to do that. We should be doing it all year, but this year, this part of the year is special because because people, their their sensitivity and their guard levels, they're they're not as on guard, right? There's There's a little crack in the door, so to speak, for them to actually sit and listen to about this Jesus dude. And you know what? Jesus is the dude. Tell your neighbor, say, Jesus, he's a dude. There's no other dude above him or below him. He' a man. He' a boss. Right? And so throughout the year, people are busy. And Christmas people are still busy. But deep down, everybody knows it's all about Jesus. And they'll even sing Christmas carols with his name in it. And so there's a crack in the door. And if there's a crack in the door, the enemy, you know, we we leave little cracks in the door for the devil. And y'all, he capitalizes on those cracks. Y'all let him capitalize on them cracks. And so if there's a crack in the door for his goodness and for his glory, y'all, the church needs to capitalize on this time of year for the reaping of souls. Come on, somebody. To usher in people into the family of God. I'm so glad that you're part of our forever family here at Liberty Church. I want this thing to grow. Amen. What would happen if, if we were full, full? We're pretty full today. I like it. But what if there wasn't an empty seat in this place? How awesome would that be? Right? Because when there's, when there's another person, that means there's another spot in heaven. God's gigantic dinner table just, just got, gained another seat. Right? And it's all because of what God has done through his son. Amen. Look at John three sixteen through 18. I have always said that this passage of scripture is a Christmas scripture. I've always said it. Because it, in reality, this, this chunk of scripture is one of the most famous passages of scripture, right? Lots of people can recite this. But it's really the essence of what Christmas is and what it's about. Right? And says, for verse 16, For God so loved the world that he... He gave. What does the world do on Christmas? Because God gave. That's what it was originally intended for. It's got askew. skew. But God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. That's the best news on the face of the planet. See, everybody's heard that God loves you, right? I asked the the kids yesterday at our, our, our coat distribution, I said, do you know, who's ever heard that God loves you? Right? Every single person raised their hand. Right? Because that's the best news on the planet. But the thing is, there's a difference between knowing that God loves you and believing that God loves you. And so I challenged them. Let's move from knowing into believing. Because it's my faith that gives me eternal life. I can know about God and go to hell. But if I believe in Jesus, I'm going to heaven. There's a difference. right? So we need to move from knowing to believing. Verse 17, For God did not send His Son in the world to condemn the world, but instead to save the world through Him. Whoever believes in Him is not condemned. More good news. But whoever does not believe stands condemned. Already because they have not what? Believed. There's that word. Have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. If God did what He really did what He truly did, He's never going to trump your right to deny Him or uh, accept Him or reject Him. If He's that good, if His love is that perfect, you better believe that if you do reject Him and your time runs out on this earth, you're going to have to answer to that. Because I believe it grieved God's, God the Father's heart to see the perfect His perfect love wrapped in His perfect Son dying for our sins. And for us to reject that most amazing gift, the greatest gift, what we're talking about today, there will be a penalty. There will be a penalty for those who reject what God has done. Amen? Look at that next point. And because God gave the greatest gift, that must make him the greatest giver. Right? If he gave the greatest gift, that makes him the greatest giver. And so no one, somebody say no one, not even Santa Claus. Are all of our kids growing up in here today? Oh, no. Okay. I was going to talk about something here in a moment, but I might not do that as I was going to. But no one even not even Santa Claus can outgive God. Amen. Right? Only God knows how to give good, perfect gifts. God is so perfect that his presence comes wrapped with even more gifts than you could ever think, dream or imagine. See the thing is, people, believers, Christians, even lost people, they want to use God as their personal genie. And so they want to chase the gifts. They want the patience. They want the kindness. They want the goodness. They want the signs, the miracles, and wonders. They want the freedom. They want the deliverance. They want the restoration. But they want all those things apart from what? The greatest gift, which is His presence. Do you see that? You can't get all those things without first inviting His presence into your life. But here's the good news. If you by faith invite his presence into your daily life, you get all the other stuff. (laughs) Because he's the greatest giver. Right? When you pursue him, he adds on to us. And so he wants to give you even more gifts apart from his presence. That's the best gift you can get, which is the presence of God through his son Jesus, the presence of God through his word, the presence of God through worship, the presence of God through prayer. The avenue of his presence is, is, is abundantly and immeasurable with a lot of different things that we can tools that he gives us to use to, to magnify and glorify him, right? Prayer and worship and his word and, and spending time with him in our quiet times, our devotion times. These are all ways that we, we cultivate His presence. When we do that first, we do those things first. All those other things that I talked about will begin to happen and manifest in your life. So you, get the, you get the greatest gift, and then He actually gives us even more. Look at Luke 11, 9 through 13. I love this passage of Scripture, and I believe it's one we forget about. We're not doing it enough because if we ask not, we have not, right? And so I want to remind you this Christmas, you can have what you say. You can have what you pray. You can have what you think, right? You just got to knock. You got to ask. You got to ask God. Look, it says, so I say to you, ask, and it will be what? Given. Is God a liar? (laughs) He says, ask and it will be given. I've already given my son. I want to give you more gifts. So just go ahead, ask and it will be given. It may not be given to you in that moment, but I promise you, he will give it because he's not a liar. He says, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be open to you for everyone who asks what? Receives. Everyone who asks the perfectly good giver will receive something, I promise you. It might not even be the thing that you think you need. Right? You might be praying, asking God for this thing you think you need. It ain't even the right thing. I mean, you still ask, still pray, and he's going to like give you something that you didn't even think you needed that's going to fill that hole that you're thinking that you, you need to place something in there, right? Because that's how good he is. Verse 11, it says, Which of you fathers, if your son asked for a fish, would give him a snake instead? Or if he asked for an egg, would you give him a scorpion? If you then, though who are evil, y'all know we're evil, separated from God apart from Jesus Christ. We have evil desires, we're wicked, our thoughts, right? Apart from Jesus, we're wicked. He says, if you are evil and know how to give good gifts, how much more does my Father in heaven know how to give what? Good gifts. The greatest gifts. Right, In heaven, give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. No one, not even Santa Claus, and I'm going to go around that topic uh, today, can outgive God. Right? No one can outgive what He's done and what He wants to continue to do in our lives. Look at 1 Corinthians 12.1 for a second. And so the question I want to ask you is, if he's the only one who knows how to give good, perfect gifts, he's the only one that knows exactly what I need, why am I not asking him on a daily basis? God, give me what I need. That should be my prayer, right? Maybe not, God, I want this. God, I want this. God, I want this. How about, God, give me what I need. Maybe that's how I need to begin to pray. And maybe the windows of heaven would begin to open up. And my blessing would be so big I wouldn't even be able to contain it. Because I don't realize how much I actually need to transpire in my life. Come on somebody. (laughs) Because I'm probably not as good as I think I am. Right? So if that's the the case, that's the question. If he's the only one that can give you what I need, why am I not asking him? But look at 1 Corinthians 12.1. It says, now about the gifts of the Spirit. Christ dwelt among men in, in physical body shape and form, and he also dwells with us now via his Spirit. The Holy Spirit is what seals us for salvation. When I get born again and accept Christ in my life, God now sends the Spirit of God. And he, he's better than even just your conscience. The Holy Spirit, your conscience a lot of times just tells you how to stay out of trouble and how to do good things and how to self-preserve yourself. The Holy Spirit, when God imparts that to you, it's about not self-preservation. It's about kingdom preservation. Come on, somebody. And so he sends that to seal your salvation. And so when he sends that that gift from his presence, the the Holy Spirit, he adds on other gifts, the the things I'm talking about, the things that we can't think, dream, or even imagine, the things he wants to do. And that's what I want to share with you, moving down to verse 4. He says, so there are different kinds of gifts but the same Spirit distributes them. I love that. All kinds of amazing gifts, but it's the same God, the same Spirit that gives them. right? There are different kinds of service, but it's the same Lord. Somebody say, same Lord. But it's the same Lord, right? Verse 6, there are different kinds of working, but in all of them, and everyone is in it, is the same God at work. Now, to each one of the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the spirit of the message of wisdom. There's a gift of wisdom that God can give you via his spirit. Another is a gift of a message of knowledge by means of the same spirit. To another, faith, faith, big faith is a gift of the spirit. It's another gift via the spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that same one spirit to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, and to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of those tongues. That word tongues literally means different languages. All these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. So maybe the only thing holding back the floodgates of all those blessings, all those things that God wants to do to use in your life to transform His world, this world for His glory, the only thing that's holding that that floodgate back is the faith for us to ask. Every single kid is going to ask, do what this Christmas? They're going to ask their parents for what? Gifts. Presence. Every single kid, if you're here, you're saying, Amen, Pastor, I am gonna ask for some. I got a list, right? Y'all, as adults, we grow out of that, but God He He responds to desperate childlike faith. And what does your list look like on a daily basis? What does your list? Do you have one? Are you asking God to show up on your behalf on a daily basis? God, I need this. God, I need this. God, I need this. God, give me what I need. Because he wants to give them to you. And when he gives them to you, the good news is he's going to use them to transform your life, transform others' lives. You're going to be able to do things you never thought, dreamed or imagined for his glory. And it's going to be amazing, but it's also going to give you joy to have those things. And you are going to be blown away when he does them. Right? You're going to have joy when you ask for those things and he actually gives them to you. You're going to be blown away. We just simply have to believe and ask. Look at that last point as I'm closing. So the point of Christmas is not to receive or give gifts but to be thankful for what God has done. The point of Christmas always has been, always will be, no matter what the world does, tries to do, has always been about celebrating what God did on that first fateful night that said, I'm going to send my son to dwell with men so that they can be redeemed, set free, and so that my kingdom can grow based upon their faith. That's what Christmas is about, right? And once you've recognized God as the ultimate giver, you will be fulfilled. And I want to leave you with this. If we feel empty at Christmas, it's only because we failed to open the greatest gift, and that's God's presence. Y'all know what the purpose of a present is? To what? To open it, I guarantee you on Christmas morning, there ain't gonna be any unopened presents left under your tree. Unless you gotta go to the in laws next, right? And you got presents that you gotta carry and take over there, and what are they gonna do when they get there? They're gonna open them. So if God's greatest gift is the presence of His Son, why have you left it wrapped? The purpose and point of a gift, of a present. John 3.16 says, God so loved the world that he gave. We give gifts. We give presents. Why would you not open that present this Christmas? Because that present, that gift, is the secret. Somebody say secret. secret. To you having the best life, best Christmas this year. Man, it's the secret. Look at this last passage of Scripture I want to give you. It's Ephesians 3, 14 through 20. And Paul's really praying for the Ephesians. But I love what he says because I believe this is what God wants to do in our hearts, not just on Christmas, not just this time of year, but every single day. And this time of year is just when we get to magnify what he's doing for us the rest of the year. Right? Verse 14, it says, For this reason I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven on earth deserves its name. Every child of God is going to be called a child of God because of Jesus, his name. He says, I pray that out of his grace, glorious riches, may he strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that Christ would dwell, literally dwell in your hearts this Christmas. The presence of God. He says, and I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have, what does it say? Power. When I rest in his presence, he gives me power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how high, and how deep is the love of Christ. And I don't think we're ever going to know the answer to that because that's how amazing he is. That's how his love is so vast. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may, there it is, be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we could ask, imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. This Christmas, God wants to do immeasurably more. More in your life, more in your family, more through your work. Some of y'all... Based on your job, your vocation, you can really get to brag on, on Jesus this Christmas. I do pest control, and I, I, I've been off for 11 days. Tomorrow's my first day back. And uh, Lord, I need your presence and power in Jesus' name. It's been a great vacation. Did some hunting. But uh, I'm, I'm going to use this opportunity at, while I'm at work to love on people, to pray for people, to invite people to church. Because there's a crack in that door. People's guards are down. Amen. God wants to do immeasurably more in us and through us today and this Christmas. Who's excited for Christmas? I hope I fired you up and set our hearts for this season of the year. Amen. Because God is good. I want you to do something with me. Go ahead and and let's get in prayer together as I close. Get ready to dismiss us. So if you're watching us, join us online, or you're here in our sanctuary. I want you to get in this presence that we've been talking about. I want you to visualize God right now. Just try to imagine God the Father. If you can't can't wrap your mind around it, just try to envision Jesus, the face of God. As we're praying before Him and spending time before Him, just give Him permission. Say, God, what does my life look like? God, are you pleased with me? God, am I doing good? Not according to the world standards, but am I doing good according to your kingdom standards? God, or have I fallen short? And if you, if you feel like the Spirit of God is saying, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. That's affirmation of the Father. That's His job, to cheer on His kids. But if you feel the slight hesitation... That maybe you're on the outside looking in. And you don't feel that that, that love of God. You, you know Jesus Christ is not your Lord. He's not your Savior. If you're in that place today, I want you to change that. No matter what you're holding on to in this place, it's not worth his favor. It's not worth his love. It's not worth you having the best rest of this day of your life, the next best rest of your this Christmas of your life. Because God wants to flood your life. He wants to flood your heart. He just needs the permission to come. Just as you invite people to your house to come and watch a game or to come and eat or to come and hang out at your house, you have to invite them. In that same way, you have to literally invite Jesus Christ into your life. And so if you want to do that right now, you want to say, I want to get born again. I want to invite God into my life. It's going to be so easy. It's going to be so simple. I want to ask you to do something. If you're here in our sanctuary, I want you just to stand up. Physically stand up right now. Trust me, no one's looking at you. No one's watching you. If you're born again, I want you to pray for the lost right now. If you're watching online and you're saying, I want to make that decision, I want to stand up. Put that in the chat for us. Say, I am praying to accept God right now. Praying to accept Jesus. Here in the sanctuary, I'm going to give you a few more seconds, a few more seconds to change your life, your eternal destination. The destination in the course of your physical life right now. Amen. No one is physically standing here in our location, but somebody could be making this decision online and I cannot see them. So, what I want to do is lead us all in a prayer. Amen. So, I'm going to lead us. I want you all to repeat after me, okay? It's going to go like this So, Heavenly Father, we love you. We ask forgiveness of our sins, forgiveness of anything we've put in your place, God. We accept your Son, we believe in Jesus, and we confess that He is Lord, that He is Savior and Redeemer of my life. God, please send your Spirit to affirm me as a child and to lead my life to live for you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I feel fired up today. Anybody glad you came to church? Yeah? Well, I'm so glad y'all came too. It's nothing I'd rather do on my Sunday than spend time with you doing church. So thank you for coming. Okay, y'all are dismissed. Have a great rest.